Welcome to episode number two of the Blacklist Podcast. This one's brought to you by yours truly, Greg Nice. And uh, I wanted to welcome my man, Alfred Nomad, in the house. I got Alfred here. He's uh, fresh off a trip from Ghana, among a whole bunch of other things. We got to catch up on some things, and we wanted to make sure that you guys could be a part of his and I catching up on some things, because the things that we talk about happen to include you all, especially because we're building this community collectively. So, Alfred, what's up, man? Talk to me. How you been? I'm I'm good, man. Busy, as I typically say, but I'm good. Um, I like we said on the last time we were chatting it up. Like it's it's good to see you. You know what I'm saying? It's good to be able to like like we catch up on the phone and stuff. But we both been moving around a lot, so it's good to like. I feel like this will be the longest sit down conversation we've had in a minute. So it's good to see you. You know. Indeed, man. Indeed, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time in that regard. I know I was asking you about uh, jet lag because you just flew all the way across the country to a whole nother country. You know what I mean? So how did that impact your travels? Yeah, uh, it's um, jet lag is real for sure. Uh, but I think it depends on what way you're traveling, you know, too, like mm-hmm. whether you lose time or lose a day, gain a day. Uh, I know for me, my – like when I went to the U.K. before – I was getting up hella early based on like the time difference. So mm-hmm. like I would get up hella early just because of what time it was. Um, but I went, but this time around, uh, I felt like my eating schedule and everything was just all out of whack this time around. It was with the, cause it's, it's a, I think like a eight or nine hour time difference from where yeah, we're at. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was all over the place. So I could be up in the middle of the night kind of stuff sometimes so it's, it is a real thing but it's just kind of like me getting on the schedule of where i'm at and once i do that i'm 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 pretty good so it took me a few days but after that i was straight i got you i got you man so for those of you who don't know i've had the opportunity to go over to ghana for a, a residency of sorts or i should say what um, what would you say a mentorship or how would you classify it so uh, technically it was an artist fellowship uh, but it, but it, residency, a residency was a part of of this this travel. So I was a part of a program, arts program called One Beat, and it's it's been developed by this organization called Found Sound Nation. So there's like levels, but the uh, Found Sound Nation is a or a nonprofit organization that's based in New York, and they created this program called One Beat. And I want to say they've been doing it. I don't know if it was like 2005, 2005, something like that, but it's been around for a minute. Uh, so mm-hmm. they've been doing this program, but it's basically a program where they bring artists from around the world together to all come to one place. And the intention is for them to encourage them to collaborate on music. And typically they would, they might put out a project together. They may even go on a tour or something together. Uh, but this time around, they actually, this was a pilot, program um, because this time around they wanted to include uh, artists that had a community aspect to what they do and there was uh, everybody pitched a project like a community project along with the fact that they're a music artist and everybody had that so we were in tandem like collaborating on music but then also we had projects of our own that we were pitching uh, during the the fellowship and at the end of it like it all accumulated to a show and um and us pitching our projects basically to like the network out there. And it was a, us about building um, community, like this global community and, and uh, how ways that we can all, you know, build and work with each other as well. So it was a, 
a beautiful thing. It was pretty perfect for me. Like I, I really wanted to be in, I, I wanted to be a part of this, this program, the one B program a year ago. I had applied for it last year and didn't get in. Uh, I forget where, I, I feel like they were doing it in the U S uh, last year where, where I was trying to do it at, but this time it was in Ghana, which is actually like a bucket list place for me that I wanted to, I really wanted to go to as well. And a community I literally had written down that I wanted to connect with and wanted to be a part of this network, you know, especially amongst the African diaspora. So uh, it was, it was a, a dope thing to come to come to be and at a perfect time and to be around people that like how perfect for me, you know, I guess we could talk more about me and stuff, but to connect with, with black artists from around the world that care about community. It's like, okay, I can't write it. I can't write it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, it might be too soon to ask this, but what is your, what's the most dominant memory of the whole experience that like sits in the forefront of your mind? Most dominant memory. Damn, the most dominant memory? Um, there's two, I feel like. Um, I went to, we went to visit when we got back to, so we did two parts of it. We had the first half, we were out in the wilderness, basically on a residency, connecting and collaborating, working on stuff, music and stuff and workshopping. And then the other half, we went, we were in the city of, of Accra and we were working together there, but connecting with other community spaces in the city. So we were like, they, and they had us travel to different community spaces. And okay. one of them was a space called Vibrate that's ran by a woman named Sandy. And uh, I, I had like a full circle moment real quick when I was there because uh, as Sandy was like breaking down the space and showing us, you know, what, what it was about, telling us the backstory, which uh, some of it was really uh, familiar for me, like with love. It sounded a lot like love when it came to like wanting to highlight a certain culture that's there and which is kind of like where it, for, where it started at. Uh, but then um, she broke down things that they were doing like they had partnerships with like Spotify and, and she, Kendrick Lamar had come and highlighted their space and then it clicked that there was a video that I watched from Kendrick Lamar that like around the time that he traveled to Ghana and like it was like a whole thing uh he ended up um like highlighting some artists that were out there with Spotify like highlighted some some dope artists out there and the, this community space, but I didn't realize it was the same exact place, you know, oh, and, wow. and it also just seeing what they were doing and people that were there in the space and just how they were going about it, it showed, it, it inspired me in a way and like, let me know with the certain community uh, goals that I have, I was like, yeah, I got to have like a physical space attached to what I'm doing. It, and it just, it, it was like all these different like full circle moments for me all connect. It was like when all the dots started to connect basically oh, yeah, at one moment. Lined up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like one moment that stuck out to me. And then I guess I would say we had the show at the end of the whole thing, like the whole experience. And we had this like final song that we did that pretty much all the fellows played a part in on that song right. and we performed this like we are the world moment <laughs> um, <laughs> of this whole experience and by the end it was like we were a, uh, it felt like we were like a basketball team that just won the championship yeah. or something we all were like super happy together and all That's that stuff. Dope. it was yeah yeah so i feel like those were like two moments that 
So I, there's there's more. There's more that sticks. No, out. of course, like of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel I have another one that's coming to mind right now. But there were some just really beautiful moments that right. uh, that I really appreciated. But those are two that stuck out right now. I got you. So like, um, musically, and I know like things about that particular experience still have to kind of sink in, and then they'll start to kind of, I guess come to the forefront as time go by and we get into next year and all those things like that. But like, where do you find yourself at musically nowadays in terms of the kind of music you want to make or the kind of, or the things that you want to say in the music? Where do you find yourself now? I actually was very inspired being out on this trip and I basically recorded a full project <laughs> for while I was out oh, there. So, good grief. Yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> I, so it, it all kind of worked out. So shout out to, I feel like I mentioned him in every damn thing I do, but my God, Duran Rasher, Sax Love Money. Uh, he had, I don't know, I feel like he knew what he was doing, but he didn't say it. It was like real mm-hmm. on the low, but he sent me a pack of beats. And I feel like he hasn't sent me a pack of beats in a long time. Like we, oh. he sent, he sends me beats, but oh. not like a pack, but okay. right Shortly before my trip, he sent me a pack of beats. And probably the day or two before, I remember the moment, too, that I started listening to some of the beats. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to hold off on listening to these tracks because typically when I hear music, I'll start writing. So I'm like, don't play me nothing if I can't write to it because I might start immediately. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to take this music with me on this trip and just see where I'm at when I'm recording. And maybe I'll have like a little throwaway Bandcamp EP I could, you know, toss out as like a time capsule type thing. Mm-hmm. And I took them with me and from maybe like the that day till throughout the rest of the trip, I was writing to that music. And, uh, and I ended up co- collaborating with several artists that were there. I actually had the most collaborations out of everybody in the fellowship. Uh, <laughs> That's dope. We there. Not even just the music that I brought to the table, but just in general, like of the collaborations. Uh, so uh, and yeah, so but that's that's one that's one piece of it. Uh, so it, but something that came up while I was out there was just the idea of home, and like I was traveling back home in a way because I found out shortly before the trip. Like certain things I'm realizing were like right before the trip. But I realized shortly before the trip, my father had taken the ancestry test like a while ago. And I hit him back up. I hit him back up and was like, hey, like, can you remind me where, you know, our like our ancestry from your side stems from? You know, I know I'm about to go out to Africa. Like I'm just trying to get a geographic, like visual, like a visual with it all. And he hit me back and was like, yeah, so the majority of the ancestry is from the Ivory Coast in Ghana. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so that added a whole nother level to this trip, right? The trip, and yeah. So in a way, I was like quite literally going back home. And yeah. I believe I'm the first generation or first person in my family to travel back to Africa, probably, probably since the transatlantic slave trade, you know, that I'm aware of, you know, so. Yeah. I'm going back home, but then when I'm out here and I'm in Africa and I'm in, I'm fully engrossed in it and present, I'm still addressing home being where I'm from, you know, and that being yeah, home. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and but I I'm also a nomad in a way because of all the places I've lived, so I don't look at home as one particular place. And so yeah. this whole notion of home became a topic for me 
and became it was part of the music I was making. The music. So so that ended up coming out of this project. So right now, uh, I'm kind of fine tuning this idea around the idea of home and what that means, especially for African Americans, I guess, and just people of the African diaspora. But more specifically, if we want to get real tight with it, is like African Americans and that idea of like home and it's is where we're from. Is this really our home when we don't feel like it's our home? But it is in a way, and we contribute to it so much and contribute to the world in general. But there's still influences from where we're originally from. Mm-hmm. And just all of that, just that whole conversation about that, you know. So I'm like fine-tuning this idea of like that conversation. And I think that's uh, deep. I don't because I'm I'm I am curious about that because like like for myself, without getting super deep into it, like I don't like, you know, how people say, like, home is where your heart is or home is where you make it and things like that. Like, I guess if you've never, because I've heard that. I've heard other people say, like, they went back to Africa, whatever the case may be, and you felt like they were home, right? And I've always wondered, like, what is it about it that that's the sentiment that they related to? You know what I mean? Because to me, like, I, I put the key in my door and I walk in the house and I feel like I'm home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I cannot possibly understand going somewhere else and getting that feeling or even more so of that feeling. Now I can understand going somewhere and feeling like it's a lot of people around you to have a familiar uh, mentality. And I can understand how you might equate that as home, but I've heard several people say like they went back to Africa or some part of Africa and was like, man, I felt like I was home. Like, you know what I mean? I never could understand how they got to that point. Like maybe I felt comfortable Maybe I felt like, man, maybe those type of words would make it easier for me. But to use that word, like I felt home, I'm like, I don't know, dog. When I'm at the crib and I'm in my bed, it gets no more home than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so from an experience, so I, I'll say this. I'll be honest. Like, I w- it wasn't like I got off the plane and I'm like, I felt, yeah, I'm home now. Like, it wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't that I'll say that. But right. I will say I understand that I understand where that comes from. And I will, I will say I felt at home in a, in a, in a way. And I did feel, I did, I felt, it felt like a family member that I hadn't met yet and went there. And then I felt at home, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it felt like for me. And I, and I can say it from one, the flight out there was like 98% black, like black people, you know what I'm saying? So, and I've only seen that, close to that probably on a flight in Atlanta somewhere, you know, <laughs> depending <laughs> on where you're going and what we get. You know, right, 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 right. So right. I've seen flights where it was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Like it's, it's like spring break or something or whatever, mm-hmm. homecoming weekend mm-hmm. or something. There's a bunch of people, but it was like a whole bunch of black people from who knows where, you know, like not just one place, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So that was one part of it, I feel like. And then getting out there and I will say like the welcome for me, was great was amazing like I, I felt very welcome and then when I got a chance to like chat with people and give my background and find out that I do have lineage from this place it was like even more so like embrace embrace you this know and, yeah, and yeah. yeah and you know by the last week I'm there like people were saying like you're you're Ghanaian now like you're one of us now you know kind of yeah, in a way so I think having one this 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 specific like this um black experience that you can have when you go to africa where you're around like 
African people. You know what I'm saying? Like people, you're, you're around the majority. You're, you're the majority now. It's not, you know, even it's not like just this city or this town or this room we're in is majority mm-hmm. black people. It's like you're in that now. So that's one aspect. And the same, you know, there's there's all types of everybody. Every place you go has their own woes and and systematic problems and all that stuff. But you know, it's it's not quite in the same way. And and then just the people, you know, depending on who you're with and what kind of circles you're in, where you go places, of course. But I feel like my experience too was like there's also just this welcome. Like they're they're not, you know, we've been told these narratives like. I've heard this before, like Africans don't really rock with African Americans because they're like, you know, yeah. who are you? You don't, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're not really you're not, African. You're like, not official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You ain't yeah. from the soil like that. So, you know, but yeah. it wasn't yeah. no, there was yeah. no set tripping or nothing like that. So that that narrative, you know, I'm not I there we're not a monolith, you know what I'm saying? So as black mm-hmm. people, so I'm sure there might be some Africans that are don't rock with African Americans or whatever. Like there, there's people from everywhere, but from my experience, it wasn't that. So you know, I feel like between being in the majority and and having that welcome that you feel from people and the history that you can dive into when you're there in real time, yeah, uh, I think I think makes a huge difference. You know, and, and you know, some people just may connect on a more spiritual way too. You know, when you when you're in in that space, you know. So. I can dig it. I can dig it. Man. Yeah. Um, just to shift gears a little bit, uh. So you've been doing your show. I noticed the other day it said uh, episode eleven. Um, what's that experience doing for you, or what does it mean to you to do that? And please, you like, you can keep it real. I understand like the people that's going to watch this podcast is of that audience, and you know what I mean, yeah. I'm a part of the blacklist, and it's the blacklist podcast. But I don't want that to be. I don't want that to affect your level of honesty in answering that question. Oh no, I can be honest with it. Uh, well, one, well, the show, the show for anybody who doesn't know, the show he's talking about is Nomad Radio, which is you know it's a, a radio show that I started, started to do, and Greg gave me the opportunity and kind of lined up. Uh, but it's been it's been great for me. Like I I I genuinely feel joy doing it, and then after every episode, I've had this same feeling. You know, I know as I keep doing it, who knows, every day might not be the same, but, yeah, you know, yeah. but I but I, I feel good doing it. And it's a new way to communicate with people. It's a new way to gain and, and be a part of community. So one, being a part of this Blacklist community has been dope and being able to add more people to that community. And, you know, it's dope being able to do this show and connect with people in real time. Like the people that are, shout out to anybody who's ever been in the chat <laughs> during the radio <laughs> show. Like that yeah. brings me so much joy. Like seeing people show up and mm-hmm. and be a part of that and talking to each other and talking to me and commenting on the stuff we're talking about on the show and all that. Like it's really, it's it's an experience we don't have nowadays, you know, I feel like in that. And, and I don't take that lightly too. So I want to also just give, uh, a, a level of greatness to grateful gratefulness to the people that you know take the time to listen and to interact and you know have conversations with me like you giving me an hour of your time hour and a half of your time a week is is wild you know so you know I, you tell it never yeah. gets old right it's like well, yeah, I can't believe this yeah. yeah yeah so and 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 when I started this it was you know we when we had conversations about it when I was starting I wasn't thinking episode to episode i was like i'm gonna just do this consistently and i'm gonna just get to episode 100 and we'll see where go. i'm at when there i get to, go. That, get to that yeah. point you know so i'm yeah. i didn't i i came into this unlike 
other projects I've done. I came into this with no expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came in with a clean slate. Uh, I really did it out of just joy and just following something I wanted to do and right. and just wanted to have something of mine that I do consistently and that still integrates all the other things that I care about, you know, and just yeah. seeing what happens. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what will happen. I haven't mm-hmm. tried to, like, monetize it or nothing like that. I don't mm-hmm. have no no super goals or ambitions with it. I just know the things that I, I gain from it and that it's something that other people gain something from. And I just want to rock with that. And we'll see where I'm at by episode 100. Like I'll, I'll recalibrate. And <laughs> it's just doing the thing, just doing the thing right now, just constantly doing the thing. Right. And then right, if it, exactly. then you'll figure out the rest after you've kind of got a healthy habit of just doing the thing. Right. Right. I want exactly. I do want to ask you because you're one of the few people that I feel like can lend a, um, a healthy amount of insight about this. Um, a lot of times people want to do things and they have aspirations or they're inspired to do something, but, um, and their expectations more times than not are either, they don't even take those things into consideration, not to say that they don't have expectations, but because a lot of times people tend to get their, um, motivations or inspirations from like secular sources. It's not intrinsic of them. It doesn't come from them. It's not something that they truly want to do. They're probably emulating somebody else. And then once they kind of like scratch the surface of emulating, then they start to realize like, oh, snap. And then they start getting expectations versus someone who truly just goes and get it out the mud, so to speak. So this two two part question. How long how long have you been on this like creative journey of just trying to put pieces together? How long in terms of years would you say? Oh man. Uh, since I was probably twelve, I feel like. Well, you know, I got you. It's 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 you know, matured in a different ways, but I feel like I was since really since the moment I decided, oh, I like writing to music and recording it, like going to my cousin's home like my cousin, my aunt's crib with my cousin and recording the songs and mm-hmm. figuring out what that looks like and playing it back and mm-hmm. potentially sharing it with somebody that from that moment, I was figuring it out one way or another, yeah. you know, at, at that point, that was like a whole different time frame where, you know, get, getting a deal and all that was a, was a thing. And there was like a very brief period of time where I thought that was the thing to do. Uh, but for but for the longest and way longer than that you know it was more so about i want to figure it out my own way and and like the idea of independence you know like doing it independent and you know what the, I, before i even really understood what that meant you know or what that really That's, entails so, you know what i'm saying so that was, so, so that was my next question yeah, i wanted to ask you yeah. like at what point did you at what point did you stop trying to be and then decided that i'm just going to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. Like, when did you stop? Because, again, like I said, a lot of times we come into these spaces and we're either emulating somebody or something we saw or we're kind of like trying to adopt a certain level of uh, mindset or inspiration that we saw somewhere else. Right. But at some point you have to turn the corner and you have to decide how much of this is actually you. You know what I mean? Versus how much of it is you trying to be or do something 
that's yeah. not actually you, right? So, like, when do you feel like you probably turned that corner? I would say 2015 when I founded Love, uh, like Love Collective. I feel like that was that moment because it was okay. uh, that was a point where before then, like prior to that, I was the underground artist on the grind going and going to every showcase doing everything that the independent if you want quote-unquote artist is supposed to do but still right. sticking but i guess there still was a level of i'm gonna be me i'm gonna talk about mm -hmm. what i want to talk about i'm not gonna sell myself short you know for whatever i'm doing like i'm not just gonna try to ride a wave like that you know i may have tested things out but mm -hmm. i think that was one of the moments where i was like i see holes in this system that system. i'm a part of right now and rather than try to play y'all game, I'm gonna just right. create the spaces that I wanna be in and the and and create something that's bigger than me and bring people into that and see where that goes. So I feel like that's the moment where I decided like I'ma just be and this will figure it out. Figure this will out. this will work in its way and it's in the right way that it's supposed to, I, I feel. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say twenty fifteen. At that moment, like the so having had that sort of like epiphany moment or that turn the corner moment and stuff like that, like now do you sit in the seat of you're chasing your dreams or do you kind of sit now more in the seat of like, I'm just living the reality that I know I'm making for myself? Both. Both. Okay. I guess both can be true with that. There's, there's a, there's a, a, a dream aspect. There's, there's aspirations. There's stuff I want to do. Like it's been, the biggest goal I've had, I'll just be transparent, like the biggest goal I've had as an artist that makes music, you know, and uses music as a tool is to be an internationally global, you know, headline touring artist. Like that's been that, that's been the goal for over a decade now, you know, I, but I have, I'm, I'm also a multi-hyphenate. So, and, and have like <laughs> the, some would say like mogul ideology too, or just create like that, world building and also collective mindset and community mindset so there's other avenues i end up putting my time and energy to so i'm not just yeah. i'm not just rapping and dropping songs to yeah. you know to my to to my you know growth or detriment that's been the, the wave so mm -hmm. um yeah so i i you know it's it's been a been a thing for a minute i feel like but yes i feel like you can i can i can do both i feel like i i have goals i want to do but at the same time I'm getting very much in tune with like, con not contentment, but just being present and not comparing myself as much, you know, being realistic with who I am and what I want to do and what I'm capable of doing right now. But there's always daily, like I could be doing this or I should be doing that. Yeah, like, that's oh, all sure. That's always yeah. a thing, but I'm, yeah. but I'm, yeah, but I'm living it in real time and, and just being more in tune. And honestly, I'm I'm more concerned now in the space I'm in about am I living like in, in what serves a higher purpose? Like is 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 this like is God's purpose in in my life? You know, uh, mm -hmm. being uh, you know, is it is it leveling up that more so yeah. than just my own accolades and all that. So I don't That's care. I'm, I'm at a level of not caring more than ever when it comes ever, to certain, yeah. certain, certain things, you know. Not saying I'm not That's, hungry or that I don't want more, but yeah. So That's I'm, an interesting I'm, I'm in dance. I, th I always I always think that I feel that like that's such an interesting dance, like because a lot of times um, we 
have certain what things happen that we can equate with being success or we might feel like this is a success or like you were even saying about going to Ghana it was like I couldn't write that like that all came together you know what I mean and more times than not like well especially if we're uh, having kind of like spirituality or spiritually conscious about anything we tend to um, attribute those things to being like you know a part of God laying out these sort of like stepping stones or bricks for us to get to what our destination is and then but then and, and like most of the time people embrace that like they're like, yes like I'm, I'm doing what god has set for me to do or you hear people say what's for me is for me and all these things like that right but then yeah. it's like on the when the pendulum swings the other way and maybe something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go or the way you hoped it would go or the way you thought it would go do we look at that the same way in terms of perhaps that might not necessarily be what you would consider God's purpose for you or, you know, what it is that he's trying to point you in. You know what I mean? And I always yeah. think that that's, that's an interesting dance because uh, how they say, like, you you tend to um, celebrate your accomplishments but whisper your failures. We do that to ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or yeah. we'll attribute it as being a failure. And at that point, all spirituality goes out the window. It's just like, dang, man, I took an L. You know what I mean? It's like... Mm-hmm still trying to keep the main thing the main thing right um my next uh the next thing i wanted to ask you about was with regards to as all of these things kind of come together and you see your music comes coming together you see the radio platform coming you see the things that you're doing with love coming together i had the privilege of being in la with you where like i commended you i've been um i've been in your I guess, ecosystem for quite some time. And I know whenever we did shows, a lot of times we did shows and there was other acts on the bill and you probably headlined um, or we were just another act on the bill, so to speak, where uh, the LA show was one that was like, Fubu's like for you by you like you did that <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, and then yeah. then you had people come up as features but they were features on songs with you you know what i mean you kind of use it as an opportunity to give them their flowers which was different than even during the love fest shows because even those every artist had a slot and a set you know what i'm saying where this one was you held it down for the entire time so to see that growth and maturation but my question is like how much of all of these things, all of these moving pieces and stuff like that, or how difficult is it rather to make sure that all of these pieces are true to you and not you necessarily trying to do or be something that you're not for the sake of just doing something? Yeah, I think that starts from that. That's a that's a personal thing. Like when they say that's a personal problem, like that's that's before that's before you even step out the door. You know, whatever you're trying to do, like I feel like that mm-hmm. it starts with your why and why you're doing something. You know, if, I feel mm-hmm. like I can do ten things today, but if I know the reason why I'm doing it, and there's uh, I guess if you want to say like a greater purpose behind what I'm doing, it's all that's all me. You know, and it's all it all makes sense in a way, and that that's just kind of how my brain works. Like it's. I have, I have like multiple entry points where, where people can, can rock with me in a different way, you know, but it all kind of centers from a certain thing. Like I always say like the music is the heartbeat, you know, when it comes to my creativity, because mm-hmm. everything stems from it, you know, cause it's also been my form of therapy and before I had therapy and 
has been a way for me to reflect on things or just talk about things. So it's all like all this stuff is like flowing from a real place, you know, and every idea stems from those things, whether it's a, a topic I talked about or the theme of the project. Because because that's a big tale for me is like the theme of the projects that I work on, because that's like mm-hmm. where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's easy to like pull things from that. It's just what makes sense from there. And then I got aware that I feel like I'm going on a tangent with this in a way or just like a really long answer. But no, I no, no, I, it's cool. It's cool. Like, it's yeah. very difficult. I think it's important. And I think that needs these type of things need to be uh, spoke to more because, you know, like it's very, very easy to do something for the sake of because you have so many things around you that incentivizes you to just go do it for the sake of like we're not that far removed from being locked in our houses in a pandemic and yet people was climbing crates just for the sake of, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think these things are important in terms of having someone that can tell you like, look, it's very, very important to just try to do things that are true to yourself because I think a lot of people have a difficulty trying to figure out what those things are and then consistently walk that walk. So your answer is no. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I, I think that it's important. I, I guess if I'm just speaking to somebody that's like, what you know, how do I make sure what I'm doing is, is true to me? It's like I said, it's that's a personal thing. At first, you gotta know your why, like why you're doing mm-hmm. something and what do you really want and why do you want those things. And I think once you have that in mind and you can do things that align with that, then everything you do will kind of tap in with that and will make sense in a way or can connect in a way. And if you pay attention, you can give through lines with stuff. And I'm grateful too, because it's not just me either. Like I have you, I have, you know, the love collective, I have, you know, sacks of money. Like I have my wife, I have people around me too, that I can bounce things off of and, or just people that keep me grounded on stuff too, you know, in a way, or just can, can give me feedback in real time on stuff and, and I can mm-hmm. kind of take all those things in. So it's not just me in a bubble. Like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely workshopping everything in real time with, with people that matter and that I'll, I'll accept their feedback on. I'm not taking everybody's feedback either. No, I, no, I would highly, yeah. I highly suggest yeah. don't do that. Like you don't, yeah. you don't live for the, for the, the comments, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and all that. Like it's, like you're whoever the people are that really matter to you and and getting that feedback from them. I, I remember I saw a quote or not a quote, but a video from uh, Marie Forleo uh, who, and she was saying like, have a list of like, write down a list of five people that feedback matters to you, you know, or like people who's, yeah. who, if you had to, you know, get like you, whose opinions actually really, really, Man, really, really yeah. mean something yeah. to you. And everybody else don't matter, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. And, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, so it's just like keeping that in mind that that as well. So I, I give that as another level of what's what's keeping me as like, is it true to myself? And I'm I'm also just a thinker, and I write stuff down and everything. So I'm always I'm always tapping in or checking in in some sort of way all the time. As you get older and you have more and more experiences, like now, 2023, you ended it with going to Ghana. And then you come back and you start to put into place the things that you want to do going into next year and who you want to work with and some of the goals that you would like to accomplish and things like that. As you get older, how well do you feel like you're doing 
or not doing with um, your, in terms of time, like when you want to do something versus when you, when you can realistically get it done. Um, my bad, my AirPod came out. Um, how am I doing with like time? when when yeah, like the time, when I say that, I mean it from the standpoint of like sometimes we want to do something and we want to do it today. Like we trying to get this done today, tomorrow, but we might have to wait on this person. We have to wait on this particular thing. As you continue to grow and develop as a person, stuff like that, how well or not so well are you doing with those particular things and just having the patience for certain for things to kind of develop and happen yeah that's something that i've had to to grow with is for sure because i would set goals and i would set timelines for myself especially with like projects and stuff i would set timelines and stick to that timeline and drop the project and i might not even have all the stuff on the back end or the rollout or all the things that could be connected with it done yet you know and i'm but just to stick to the timeline that I set for myself, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like my everything will be all right project was the first time that I released something and had a lot of those elements figured out ahead of time. And I put it out when it made sense to put it out, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. and granted that ended up being during the pandemic. (laughs) So I had time. (laughs) You had time. I had had more time. But it taught me a lot too, and and that was really a a big, a really important project for me too, because that was the first project too where I felt like I was fully in the space that I want to be in and the direction I want to go in, and that was when I started to really take on this community aspect of what I do as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but I guess I say also I'm learning as well to just be kind to myself and be give myself grace the same way I would try to give someone else grace. So set deadlines because you don't want to just be having things linger forever. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, you know, that picture of like uh, the dude with the humongous backpack and it's like songs that I've released and songs that, you know, I I, I still have, I'm I'm guilty. You know what I'm saying? I still (laughs) for sure of like letting certain things take a lot of time, but at the same time uh, it's good to do things right than to just do them. You know, except mm-hmm. depend, that it depends, though. I feel like there's two parts to that. Because one is it's good to do something right rather than just rush it and just put it out or just to get it done, just to get it done. But also, I will say the balance of that is um, complete is better than than not done at all. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, so I feel like yeah. it's those two things. It's like doing it in a way where after you've done it, I'm not kicking myself in, in the face for, you know, like I shouldn't have never did this or put this out or whatever. Like it wasn't ready. Like, you know, so I'm not to the point where I can be proud of what I did when I, when I put it out or when I did something, but at the same time, everything don't gotta be extremely perfect, you know, for me to let it go, you know, so, let or to, to do, to do the thing. So like I said, complete is better than not done at all. Not, so not done at all. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know if you relate to this. I'm in a space now personally where like, so I appreciate fan base like anything else. And I wouldn't necessarily classify them as fans, but people who just rocking with you, people who support you and down to um, like they down with you. I've learned to appreciate that in a different light. And I it, that has helped me personally with navigating time. Right. So like there are certain things that I want to do or certain things that I try to do, but now having have having a 
support system of quote unquote fans and stuff like that, it's like, well, now I can kind of pay attention to what they're doing, how they're receiving things, how they're not receiving things. And that helps me to have more of a gauge on time as opposed to feeling like I got to go, I got to go. You know what I mean? Where no. And then it's helped me a lot with like pacing things. You know what I mean? So I can do something and then I can be like, no, I know the audience and I know how they are. And I know like I can like take my time with this one or I can like on radio, like a lot of times on a radio station, I hear you play never before release things. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I imagine I want to see you get to this point. I don't know if you will, but I imagine you'll probably get to the point where you'll be like, look, this is a super dirty, nasty draft. I just want to play it to see what y'all think about it. Right. Cause I like, I I would like to see you get to that space. I don't know if you will. And it's not like mandatory nothing, but like, even for myself, kind of like getting to those points and stuff like that. And it helps a lot with, again, like time, you don't feel like you always got to be so polished about everything all the time and everything got to be so just so for you not just in having built fans in Atlanta, but then going to LA and you've built fans in LA and things like that. How has connecting with people in that way uh, helped your process? Connecting with people in what way exactly? Fan base. Got you, got yeah. you. Uh, so one, I want to give you your flowers on here. Uh, just the way that you've been able to, to, garner garner community and like have them be a part of the process and for them to uh to contribute to what you're doing i think is amazing bro so i'm like i appreciate it dude (laughs) thank you you know what i'm saying on that i think you know especially with blacklist weekend and stuff so i just feel like it's amazing the things that how people are contributing to it is great uh so that's one way i'd say it's like you know being a part of a community but then uh i have been this way for a minute of like, I like to collaborate with people, like people I collaborate with, I end up like actually building real relationships with. So uh, a lot of the people that I end up like having in my circle are of kind of the same cloth in a way, or just, we have similar things. So it's super helpful for me. And also I think it's just, when it comes to like people who are just legit fans and not people who collaborate with me, like it's just good to get certain feedback and hear what, really resonates you know with people and, and I think that's something else that I'm working on myself is like what are ways that people can contribute to this or can right. get more involved rather than me cooking up something and just saying here's a plate for it but it's more so like how can you be involved in the kitchen a little bit uh, of the process so I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out as well because I'm can be very much of a silo creator until it's time to collaborate in a way so yeah, yeah. um yeah, so it's really just been it's been it's just been dope to to figure out. I'm I'm more I guess to answer this, I'm more I guess I've been more concerned with the people next to me, you know, like the the people I the, I can collaborate with in different ways, not just music artists, but organizations and people with their own collectives and uh their own things and like that's been a really big asset for me when it comes to like what I do and how I can do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. more so mm-hmm. than like the fans doing it for me or people who just rock with consuming the stuff that I'm putting out, but more so like who I can, I'm, I'm constantly looking and constantly paying attention. And my brain's always kind of working on like, well, who can, who can I work with next? Or I really rock with what they're doing. How can I be of service to that? Or how can we work together in some sort of way? And I'm sure you could look back on my last 10 years and that is pretty clear. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think I, I don't know if I answered your question, but I think no, that's no, you did. Yeah, my head is at when it comes to how I, I can, I move and and how I can like grow with things. Yeah. And the people next to me more so than the people like above or, or just people that are consuming something for me. I I think it's funny, and I like that's one thing. Like I want like the listeners within who listen to like this podcast or just the things that we discuss in general, like I want them to know that because a lot of times what we do um, on the creative end, like everything that you just described and like uh, collaborating with people, who can I work with and how can I work with those people and things like that. A lot of times it has less to do with the thing that we're actually known for. Like you are known to make music and you write and you could uh, put together songs and stuff like that. And that's part of it, right? Or like in my case, like I DJ, so people know I'll DJ, I'll make mixes, whatever, and I've helped people put their shows together, and so on and so forth. But a lot of times when you get down to the like brass tacks of community building and relationship building, that's always like the smallest part of it. You know what I mean? The actual talent thing is the smallest part of it. Your real talent is being able to uh, step in these places and work with people and being able to maybe motivate people or inspire people or show that you are motivated or inspired by somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where the real testament comes from. So for people that's trying to figure out what their gift is or what their passion is, a lot of times we think that that needs to be some sort of tangible thing. Like I can't sing, I can't dance. That's not, you don't, you know what I mean? That's not the thing. You don't always, that's not the thing that makes a person like, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah, a yeah. long line of people that can dance and sing. Like, so it's not, yeah. you can't look at that as being a gateway, you know? Right. And that's, yeah. that's based, that's all capitalism, bro. <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's capitalism, capitalistic training of the mind, you know what I'm saying? And like thinking that we have to use our bodies and we have to produce in order to be, you know, value or valuable or, yeah. or, or you're recognizable or like, we have to have a trade to, mm-hmm. you know, and have something that can be bought and sold in some sort of way mm-hmm. or consumed in order to be of a, a value to, to, to society. And that's just not true. But when you're in a, when you're in a capitalistic country and, and society or wherever you're at, like, that's what gets, uh, that's what gets rewarded. You know what it I'm saying? And that's what you see like. all the time. So, yeah. you know, for, for people that, are like I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't dribble a basketball, I can't kick a soccer ball. Like I don't know, I don't even like. I don't know what I got. I don't know what I can do. It's like, man, be a good human being, man, and figure out how can you be. How can you be a good human being? How can you be of service to people? You know, how can yeah. you? What everybody has gifts and talents and things that they're that they are inclined in or that they can help other people with in some sort of way. Like I know you hear the analogy of like if you bake cookies real good that could bring joy to people or if, or it could be that even the things from your experience that matter to you. Like, I feel like a lot of the times the trials and tribulations are just things that have happened in our lives or the people that are closest to us. There might be a cause that you really, really care about. And it's like, how can I contribute to that cause? Like, you know, if it's, you know, you were, you were homeless at a certain point in your life and it's like, you really have a, have a sensitivity to, to the unhoused, you know, and, it's like what could and that really matters to you and you always have this urge inside of you of like how can I help when I see somebody who looks like you know who who's struggling in that way and it's like right then 
you probably you have some there's something in you that could be a value in that and how can i contribute to that so it's like it doesn't have to be a trade or a product you know you don't and and we've all like commodified ourselves to be products you know it, from from social media disgusting. and all that stuff it's so, so nasty dude <laughs> so it's, it's like at the end of the day bro like just be a how can i be a good human being how can i contribute to make like i most deaf is he, he always talks about beauty in this world like how can i contribute to making things more beautiful in this world so it's like think of it that way man if you don't have if you don't have nothing that sticks out to you or you don't know what you can like what you can provide to people it's like think about that and it's like what can i do as a human being to make things better for others you know what i'm saying and how can i contribute and i think that's a good place to start and i think from that you'll you'll figure something out that makes sense for you very well said man very well said um Speaking of capitalism, because it is a real thing. Um, so for those of you who don't know, me and Alfred have been uh, co-producing a project together. And we're looking forward to putting that out. And uh, there's a, a part of this conversation we'll have, you know, off air. But I kind of wanted to introduce some of it on air. Um, just to give, again people a peek behind the curtain of how that kind of thing the mind does the frame of mind behind it for one and then for two just to kind of like get our wheels turning on it you know uh, we were talking about like with the album and not necessarily putting the album on streaming right away or uh, making it available at a premium you know what I mean and I want to ask you um, especially because you make music and you put out albums and you know what it's like putting the album out on the DSP uh, you know, it's like selling it on Bandcamp, you know, what those things are like, but in terms of doing the footwork to build community, like we're doing through radio and other outlets and things like that, how do you feel about, yeah, let's put out the project and let's put it out at like a premium price point. And for, if I say, when I say premium, like just for the sake of conversation, let's say a minimum of 50 bucks. How do you feel about something like that? Let me say this too, bro. Like this has been a thing, you know, even if it wasn't the popular thing, like artists, like they call them niche artists up until this point, you know, uh, like since, since uh, physical music became obsolete in a way uh, in the traditional corporate sense, you know, so like since then it's been a thing that there have been artists that have, figured out ways to sell their work for a premium and not just follow suit. You know, you saw Prince doing it, uh, you you know, but now uh, we all like I feel like as a culture, we're catching up. People are getting more hip to things and we own their ass when it comes to like DSPs, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, DSPs and, and like all these different ways, like people have like that stuff for free, like just drop. Like, you can drop shit for free. That's fine. But I feel like we're catching up now and I'm seeing the trend more and more now of like artists even if they end up putting it out on all the all the regular places, they have a premium place where people who rock with them can support, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we saw like people with Patreons and things like that before, but now you have platforms like even, or Bandcamp has been there, you know, like for spaces where artists can sell their things for mm-hmm. whatever they want or are, or their fans can choose their own way of doing it. Like Nipsey, you know, like he was, I feel like he, he's a person who really, put that in perspective for people on a big scale, you know, right. and made it make sense for the, especially like hip hop culture and the, the, 
the 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 modern man or woman or or person, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he sold a, a mixtape for a hundred dollars and Jay Z bought fifty copies or whatever copies, it was, you know, like yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, this is a thing, you know, and the proud to pay and that became a thing and a movement. So am I like how do I feel about it? Like, yeah. Like we we should have <laughs> been like, you know what I'm saying? We should have never thought it was cool to break our, our our talent down to parts of a penny you know Absolutely. and yeah. you got to sell a million streams to to make you know a, a decent yeah. amount you know you what you could do for it with a hundred people you got to get a thousands and like tens of thousands of people to do for you you know what i'm saying like i was it's, i was thinking you know, about uh not to cut you off but i was thinking about yeah. um like just for the sake of context right so um we transfer is how we send files to one another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quick, easy way to be able to take a file and via email send it, you know what I'm saying? Really easy way. And even if you went through like Google Drive, you could do it through Google Drive, but then at some point you'll probably have to buy more storage depending on how much stuff is in your Google Drive, right? So yeah. I'll use Google Drive as a really good example for this. You know, like <laughs> to buy... Um, so you get a certain amount of storage in Google Drive for free just because you have a Gmail account. But mm-hmm. like if you needed more storage, Google Drive will charge you somewhere around like $599, $299, something like that, depending mm-hmm. on how much more storage you need. Yeah. Now, if we think about that in context, you're paying $599 for more storage in Google Drive when I can go on iTunes and buy your whole song for $1.99, sometimes $0.99, cent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like crazy to me. Like even we transfer the method that we're using to send, I'm going to send a track, you send some vocals, or I'm going to send this and you send this. That platform for me to be able to send the amount of gigabytes of stuff that I'm sending at any given time, it costs me more to send you the music so we can work on it than iTunes actually makes the song, the complete finished song for sale on their platform. It's That's so terrible to me, you know? And that's from someone who purchases it. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. We're not even going to talk about how much it takes to make a dollar. Like, I forget how many thousands of streams now it is to make a dollar. Yeah. yeah. It's like a hundred thousand. Uh, yeah. It's crazy, bro. So, uh, yeah. And who's who's buying who's buying albums on iTunes like that? You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's yeah. that's not even you know. But yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's I, what we, there's so much that goes into that, you know, to making the music and, and then selling it for a certain amount. It's crazy the amount uh, that we were okay with giving music away for. It was at, to the point where the music is the free thing. This is the freebie. Like you're, yeah. you're giving the music for people to buy other things. But I feel like that I, we're moving in a new direction, man. We're where that's going to come back I around. Like, yeah. I feel like now we have diff- we have more ways. I feel like now we're catching up uh, as yeah. a as a creative community and ways of like how people can support the artist again and i think the next thing and i just saw a post from somebody that uh, i rock with that was talking about um blogs coming back and websites like utilizing your website more than social media now because it's been very clear like the social media is is basically getting us the same way that that the bsps are getting us you know for free so so it's like using that to get people to go go to your home base you know your your home platforms mm-hmm. and we've been on that for a few years now few like years having now. our own space and platforms yep. and not mm-hmm. playing that game anymore but i feel like that's going to become a thing 
Yeah. That's gonna become a thing as well. So yeah, it's about yeah. time. I think we're just moving in that direction now, which I'm I'm yeah. I'm here for it, you know. Cool. And I think that's the beautiful part, like now that we are um grassroots with everything and building community and things like that. Now we actually have a place to be able to like have these sort of conversations and then those people can enjoy it and it makes them that much more excited or willing to say, Hey, whatever it costs, like I'm willing to, you know what I mean? Because I truly support it, not just in passing or not just because it's on my timeline. I truly support this because I spend time, like you said, once a week, every Thursday, you guys carve out time in your schedule to be here. You know what I mean? Which and those things wild, matter. Bro. Yeah. I still, I'm still like, man, it's, I, I was thinking about that earlier this week. Like, man, I got, there's people, even if it's 15 folks that stick yeah. with me for mm-hmm. an hour and a half, you know, yeah. on a weekly yeah. basis. And that's only mm-hmm. going to grow as time goes. But it's like, man, like time is is crazy right now. I feel like nobody mm-hmm. has time. Nobody's got attention. So what is that saying? You know, that yeah, you exactly. can, yeah. even, if, even yeah. if you can get 15 people to do that, because it's hard enough to get somebody to stay on an IG live for five minutes. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't and take that lightly. And then hey, you can see, you can appreciate the volume of things differently because, um, like I know I can jump on the coffee shop on a Tuesday and I can play some music and have camaraderie and things like that. And it'll be, you know, I can get, let's say it's, let's just say it's 27, 20, 30 people listening. Right. And in that time period of those two hours, I can get somewhere around like, I don't know, three, anywhere between 250 to 300 hearts. Right. But like, when you look at it in context, it's like, Look at what we did in the two hours. We hung out with each other. I played music. I shared some vulnerabilities with you all. You guys said things in the chat. And then not only that, but y'all came back the next week and then the next week and the next week. I posted a picture on social media. I ain't never even came close to 300 hearts. You know what I mean? And even if I did, it wouldn't mean the same thing because it's such a fleeting thing on social media where what we're doing on the blacklist and on the coffee shop and on Nomad Radio, that's like that's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's you yeah, that's that's a different sort of thing. So um context matters and you can appreciate what the value of things actually are that way a whole lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm giving I'm giving value you know to to you for for a period of time. We're we're building camaraderie, you're learning more about me. And I like, you know, this space. And there's like a personal thing for me of just the the medium of radio was was special to me you know coming up when i was in college so there's like a personal aspect for me but it's yeah i i think it's it's great to that we're building in a way that you don't get on other platforms you know True. i think it's dope True. man this was a pleasure man i appreciate having the opportunity to sit down with you um a different kind of conversation but a good conversation nonetheless always a good conversation um What's next, man? I know we got uh, a lot of things that we're looking forward to doing in the, the upcoming year. Um, but in the more, I guess, immediate future for you, uh, you just did a whole album in Ghana. How about that? So, like, what's next for you in terms of, like, okay, this is immediately about to happen? Or is everything pretty fluid right now? Ooh, uh, I mean, what's immediately about to happen is Nomad Radio next Thursday. <laughs> you know? uh, whenever you watch this, yeah, Nomad Radio every week. Uh, no, that's an immediate thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working. I mean, we're working. The, I mean, I got projects, man. There's like projects on the way. Like I got, we got our project, you know, Curating mm-hmm. Dopeness 2 that we're 
flushing out and finishing. I know you're taking lead, you know, point on that. So and that's one thing. It's crazy because I had a project already that I was working on and was planning yeah. to put out this upcoming year. Uh, but this home, this this project about home from Ghana is it just seems more immediate for me. So I, I'm I'm so I'm listening to that and I'm like I'm gonna put this out while it's fresh, okay. and while you know and, and while it's a real thing for me and it's it it, it flooded into the love collective and where we're going to. So uh, we're really playing off of bridging the gaps between you know African diaspora and artists, you know, and wanting to do that. So. In the media is this home project, our project, you know, that, that we, that you and I got going on. That's the most immediate thing. And, and the Love Collective is going to have some ways to, to work with artists in Love Fest. You know, we're, we're plotting on that right now, too, for next year. So, and I'm, I put, I said this on my radio like an episode or two ago, but I'm really hoping that I can drop two projects next year. That would be beautiful for me if I could, you know, for, personally, not just our project, but personally, if I can do two next year so i can get this idea out so i can get on to the next thing <laughs> uh, that, that'll, that'll be great man so i'm i'm really hoping to make that happen as well so if love fest i don't i don't want to say if because i'm pretty sure it is so with love fest nine times out of ten coming back next year and stuff like that we have to we got to make it a way where um it can definitely be we can tie that into being like a the blacklist family being a part of that in some form or fashion um even oh, attaching it like I like I don't know if I I don't want to speak too soon and say it, it will end up being a part of like Blacklist Weekend but definitely something in that in that realm you know what I mean oh bro you thought you wasn't gonna be a part oh like, no, no, I, that was already that was already in the footnotes for me bro like no Blacklist uh, community is definitely gonna be involved with this man and um we gotta talk I don't want to I don't want to say too many for sure on here for sure, what, for what, sure. What, what's getting mapped out but uh Hopefully, if you're watching this and you're part of the Blacklist community, if you're willing to come out to L.A. Uh, in 2024, then please mm -hmm. just put that in your, in your, in your, in your memory, in your memory banks and, and plan for that, because we, we definitely want to have an experience. And it would be amazing to have as much of the Blacklist community involved with that. I know y'all traveled to Atlanta for Blacklist Weekend <laughs> the first time. So uh, yeah. if you if you are willing to come out to L.A., you know, I think you'll you'll be in for a treat. You know, for this upcoming year. So, yeah, absolutely. Y'all will be involved. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Let's do it. Um, as always, it's a pleasure, man. I'm going to give you the opportunity to properly sign us off. And um, until next time. Yeah, well, man, I'm I'm just appreciative, man. Uh, you know, again, I'm Alfred Nomad. And you can check out all the music. My, my current project is Keep Moving Forward. So I've been telling people to check that out. It's It's about perseverance and and uh, I speak on like generational uh, lessons, you know, that I learned with, especially with my father with keeping, keeping moving forward. So, you know, check that out. And yeah, we're just gonna keep dropping this, you know, these, this music, this good music, giving y'all good music and, and also, you know, building community and just figuring out ways that we can connect on a deeper level with everybody. So if you rock with that, I think you'll rock with us and rock with the Blacklist community too. So appreciate y'all, man. Good deal, man. Peace and love. Thank you all for episode two. And um, you know, as you know, this podcast is not just available right here on YouTube if you're watching it. But if you're listening, then it's available on all DSPs as well. And you can uh, follow the blacklist on MixLR.com. Set up a profile if you like. Get in the chat. We got shows that come on pretty much almost every day. Um, it's a healthy amount of shows, but you'll get a notification either way. 
Or if you don't want to set up a profile, that's understandable too. You can listen in as a guest and uh, support us that way as well. But at the end of the day, go to theblacklist.com and any information as well as how to contact us for any future endeavors is you can get it all right there. We appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Yes, yes. Peace and love.